I want to continue in our sermon series through preaching through our vision statement. Summit Church will glorify God and advance His kingdom by making disciples of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Summit Church will glorify God and advance His kingdom by making disciples of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I said last Sunday, as we were talking about the church, right? How we're called to be the church. And I said in that message um, that we need to stop going to church and we need to be the church. This wasn't quite what I meant. <laughs> that that I, didn't, I didn't necessarily mean that the next week I'd preach to an empty room, although we've got two people in the room right now. Um, but... But, but we need to stop going to church and just, and just checking it off the box. And we need to start being the church. And I pray that you found ways to do that uh, this week, to be the church. Whether it's to have conversations that you haven't had, or to, to, to buy groceries for somebody, or, or, or something like that. I pray that you found ways to be um, the church. And if you haven't, I pray that God would reveal uh, to you some ways, open some doors in some ways that you could be uh, the church in this time. Just to call somebody and say, hey, how can I pray for you today? I think that goes a long uh, way in times like this. And then to just pray with each other over the phone. Um, what a blessing that would be uh, for someone. But let's look at it, the book of Ephesians. Today we're going to be talking about glorifying God, right? Summit Church will glorify God. And I think that's important um, when, when you start to think about uh, our, our church culture these days, right? And how it's, how it's built around uh, the pastor. And I've, I've, I've heard this so often um, that as the pulpit goes, so goes the church, right? And, and, and that the, the pastor has to drive the vision of the church. And I do believe that a lot of my responsibility, right, is to protect and to guard and to cast vision um, for uh, his church, um, but at, 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 this, at the core, we're a church that is built on and by God. We talked about that last Sunday. We're not a church that's built on and by Travis, and that's a dangerous place to be. We're not a church that's built on or by Ian or Dylan or anybody else. We're a church that's built on and by God, and everything that's done here is to make His name famous and to glorify him. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. Right? It's not worth doing if we're not doing it to glorify God. And so today, I want to talk about what it looks like to glorify God as His church, as His bride. And so Paul, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, he says, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What a promise, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, that's one of the things Jesus says. These things I've written, uh, that, that there are many other signs and wonders that were, that were done that weren't written in this book, but these are written so that your, my joy may be in you and so that your joy may be full, right? God wants us to live in the fullness of Him. What a picture. What a promise, 
right? And that's what Paul's getting at here. And then verse 20, he says, Not a him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we, that we could ask or think. We've seen that, haven't we, some at church? According to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so we've read verses 14 through 21 there, and I want to go back and kind of take this verse by verse and talk about a few things here. If we look at verses 14 and 15, we see that Paul's praying here. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I bow my knee. And I love how he reverently comes to the Father and he claims the Father's authority over his situation. He claims the Father's authority uh, in, in, at the beginning of his prayer. He says, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I don't know about you, church, but what does it look like to claim God's authority in our life right now? God, you are in charge here. You're in control here. And I bow my knee, not understanding everything, not, not getting everything um, to, to, to its entirety, but I'm seeking your wisdom. I'm seeking your truth. And I'm claiming your authority over this. And he prays for four things in this prayer that we've read. He claims the authority of God and at the beginning of his prayer there, and then he prays for four things. And the first thing he prays for is strength. Look at verse 16. He says that according to the riches of his glory, that being, that being God's glory, right, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now, there's some things to talk about here, right? That, that according to the riches of his glory, first of all, Summit Church um, some at church will glorify God. Let's talk about that word glory for just a minute. That word glory means greatness. It's like, it's like even greatness plus, right? And so the glory of God, the, the, another, another way to say it is the greatness of God, right? That the, the riches of His glory, of His greatness, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. What a prayer. He's praying for strength for the church that we may be strengthened so that we can glorify Him, so that we can bring Him glory in our lives, both in our individual lives as a family and, and as a person, but also in our corporate lives as the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, For even as the body is one and yet has many members, all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. And so, and so he's talking about being strengthened corporately as well as individually, um, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being. The presence of the Holy Spirit is the in, in the life of a person, in the life of the church, is evidence of our faith. The presence of the Holy Spirit of God is evidence of our faith, but the power of the Holy Spirit is enablement for this life. We are to live by His power. In a, in a few weeks, we're going to do a message just on the Holy Spirit. Because if you've seen in our, our, our vision statement, through the power, all this will do through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And so what does it mean to have the Holy Spirit empower us as beings, empower us as the church? It means that we are controlled by God. It means that, it means that we're exercising and growing in the Word. It, it's only when we yield to God and allow Him to take over that this strength comes. That this strength comes. And so let me ask you, let me ask you, what does it look like for you to be controlled by God? What does it look like for you to grow in His Word? And is that happening in your life right now? Are you being strengthened day by day? Are you being strengthened week by week? Are you being strengthened moment by moment by God? That's what it looks like to glorify Him, is to allow Him. It's to pause and say, God, I need your strength right now. In this season of my life, where there's so many unknown things, where everything seems to be pressed, paused right now. I need your strength in my life right now. And Paul says, Paul's praying for it. But it's, it's promised through prayer here from God here in Ephesians uh, that, 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 that He may grant us to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in our inner being. And so he prays for strength. The second thing he prays for is depth. He prays, he, he prays for depth. Look at verse 17 because we're going to break this down a little bit more. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you may be rooted and grounded in love. So Paul uses three pictures here to convey this idea of spiritual depth. Dwell, rooted, and grounded. So he wants to, he wants to take us deeper here. In order to glorify God, we've got to go deeper. We've got to dwell and be rooted and grounded. And so that word dwell literally means to settle down and to feel at home. To settle down and to feel at home. What Paul was praying for was a deeper experience between Jesus and his people. And as we were praying Wednesday night, that was one of the things that jumped out to me so much. Be still and know that I'm God. Let's be honest for just a moment, church. When we dwell, there's peace there. When we dwell, when we go home, and we kick off our shoes, and, and, and you know, we put on the comfy clothes, and, and, and we kind of kick back, and we say, okay, we're going to be here for a while. right? There's comfort there. There's peace there. That's what the heart of God wants in His relationship with you and me, is that we could dwell, that we could kick off our shoes, that we could kick off our boots, that we could dwell in His presence and be comfortable, and, be, and that there would be peace that surpasses understanding in that moment. Yet when I think about a lot of my early experiences with God, wearing the clip-on tie to church, you know, and, and, and wearing the dress shoes, and, and that was the only, you know, you, you know, all of those things, right? We've got to hang a different picture there when it comes to dwelling in the presence of God because a lot of us grew up, or a lot of us have had experiences where, where being in the presence of God wasn't so comfortable. It wasn't necessarily a place that we desired to be because we couldn't wait to get out of, quote-unquote, the presence of God, the thing that we call church, so that we could get more comfortable. 
And so we've got to hang a different picture because the heart of Paul here in this prayer, and in turn we see the heart of God here, is that he wants to dwell with us. And that means to settle down, to feel at home in the presence of God. And again, what Paul was praying here for was a deeper experience between Jesus and his people, to press into him, to dwell in his presence. The second word he uses there for depth is rooted. It's rooted. Here he moves us into the plant world. The tree, right, the tree must get its roots deep into the soil if it's to have both nourishment and stability. Not surface, but to get deep down if we're to have nourishment and stability. Listen to me, church. If there's to be power in our lives, then there must be depth. If there's to be power in our lives, there must be depth. And so what Paul's praying here is that, that, that we would be rooted and grounded in love. And so he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. So dwell, rooted, and then the third word he uses here is grounded. Rooted and grounded in love. And here he goes to an architectural term. And he refers to the foundations on which we build. Listen to me. If you don't go deep, then you can't go high. If you don't go deep, then you can't go high. The trials of life test the depth of our experience. I've used this story a few times, but when they were building the Brooklyn Bridge, they had secured all of the funding for the Brooklyn Bridge down in New York, and I can't remember the year in which they built this, this bridge, but years and years ago, they were building the bridge, they had secured the funding, they said it was going to they, they take you know, so much time to build it, and they started to build it. And a year went by, and people down in New York, they started to get frustrated, they started to talk a little bit, and they said, listen, we've secured all this funding, you know, this, this is affecting all these things, people are supposedly working on this thing, but we see no progress. So finally, one of the officials came on and, 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 and said, we've had to spend so much time building below the waterline that you don't even see before we can build above the waterline because we've got to make sure that this thing is going to be stable. I love that. Because so much building in your life, Paul's praying for it here, rooted and grounded in love. So much of that building in your spiritual life happens below the waterline. It's heart work. It's heart work. And so what Paul's praying here for is that the trials of life test the depth of our experience. He's praying for depth. He's saying grounded. If you don't go deep, you can't go high. Paul prayed that we might have a deeper experience with Jesus. That we could dwell, that we'd be rooted, and that we would be grounded in love. So he prays for strength. He prays for depth. And then the third thing he prays, 4 comes in 18 and 19. He says, may have strength to comprehend. Everybody say comprehend. Now, 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 see, you're in your living room. You're in your kitchen, right? And, and a lot of you didn't, a lot of you didn't, didn't follow through right there, okay? 
And, and did I plan on doing that? No, it just happened out of habit, okay? But let's try that again, okay? Okay, so go back to verse 18. May have strength to comprehend. Everybody say comprehend. Okay, hopefully that was a little bit better. All right, comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. What Paul is praying for here is comprehension. That we as a people would be able to grasp the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height to be able to grab onto it all. That we could comprehend who Jesus is and what He has for our life. Now, what we have to come to grips with here is that this isn't, this is, this isn't, uh, as long, right, as long as we're alive, as long as we're this side of heaven, this is a prayer that will be continually answered because we'll never reach full comprehension. Isaiah 55, we quote it often, right? His ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, are his thoughts than our thoughts. But that we would continually grow. Here's the prayer of Paul. So he doesn't, he doesn't want us to arrive there or to, to achieve this, but that we would continually grow and mature in our comprehension of who God is. His breadth, His length, His depth, His height of His love. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And so Paul's prayer here in comprehension is not that we arrive one day and say, yes, I get it all. I graduate. Here's my diploma. I comprehend the depth, the height, the breadth of God in fullness. No, but that we would constantly grow and mature in our comprehension of Him. That's the prayer. That's the heartbeat of Paul here for the church in Ephesus and, and in turn for the church of us today in 2020. That we would grow and mature in our comprehension of who God is and His love for us and His love for the people that we live with and the people that we do life with. That we would see and comprehend that He died on the cross not just for me, but for you and for your neighbor and for the coworker. Because when we comprehend that, it ought to change the way we live. It ought to change the way we interact with people. And what I want you to see here, church, is that's the church that glorifies God. It's a church that comprehends this and sees this. The heart of who God is and why He did what He did and why He's doing what He's doing. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. But everything He does, everything He does, is so that we would have a deeper sense of who He is. A deeper comprehension of who He is and His will and what He wants for us to glorify Him. And so He prays that we would be strengthened. He prays that there would be depth. He prays for comprehension. And then lastly, and we've already talked about it a little bit, but look at the second part of verse 19. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. He prays 
for fullness. That's what it all leads to. This strength, this depth, this comprehension, it's all fullness. And again, John chapter, I believe it's John chapter 20, verse 21, where Jesus says, many other signs and wonders were done that are not written in this book, but these are written that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. See, Jesus didn't do what he did by going to the cross so that we could be half full. Notice I didn't say half empty. Half full, right? He did what he did so that we could be full, and even more than full, so that we could be overflowing, so that we could walk in the fullness of him. So he prays for fullness. And then we see in the closing verses, before there's a, there's a transition, and I want to read through the transition in just a minute, but, but we see him wrap up this prayer, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think, according, uh, according to the power at work within us, again, that's the Holy Spirit, we'll talk about that in a few weeks, right? To him be glory in the church. To him be glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The amazing thing is that this is what we do in His power today. We glorify Christ. We bring glory to Him. Yes, even in a virtual service, even you know, in a virtual prayer meeting, we can bring glory to Him throughout all ages, world without end. And you know what that tells me, church? is that as much as this was true for the church at Ephesus in their time, as much as this is true for the church of 2020, Summit Church, that this is true for years to come. Lord willing, we're still here, and He doesn't come back, that this is still true for the church to come. You know what that tells me, church? That the church's greatest ministry is yet to come. I believe that. I believe that. That the church's greatest ministry is yet to come. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. He's able to do far abundantly what we could ask or think. He's able to do above all Abundantly above all, exceedingly abundantly above all than we could ask or think. And he says, I therefore, in chapter 4, verse 1, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. We exist to bring glory to God. We exist to glorify His name. And so what Paul is saying here, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think according to the power at work within us, he's saying, therefore, I'm called to live a certain way. If my life, right, if my life is, 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 is to exist, to glorify God, right, right, then I'm called to humility. I'm called to gentleness. I'm called to 
patience. He could have left that one out there. I'm called to bearing with one another in love. I'm called to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Listen, church, there's some implications there for us. That Paul calls the church at Ephesus to, and, he, and in turn, again, he's calling us to, that we would glorify him in these ways, both individually and corporately. Individually and corporately. Paul also writes to the, book, uh, to the church in Colossae, in the book of Colossians chapter 3. Verse 12, it's very similar, it's very similar to where he goes there in chapter 4, but I want to close with this. He says, put on then, as a result of all this, right, put on then. I love the the picture of um, getting dressed in, right, put on, right, as we get dressed every day, right, we put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, Humility, meekness, and patience. There's that word again. Bearing with one another. We saw that in Ephesians as well. Bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Verse 17, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Church, listen. We're called to be the church. And when we're called to be the church, that in everything we do, it's for Him. It's for His name. It's for His glory. It's for His greatness. That's what we're called to. Before we pray today, I think of Exodus chapter 32, 33, where Moses is leading the Israelites. And he gets to a point where he's up on the mountain with God. And he says, God, I'm, I'm not going to leave this mountain. I'm not going to go forward. I'm not, I'm not going to go from this place until you assure me that your presence is going to go with me. And so what, what, what Moses asks for is he asks to see God's face on this mountain. And God's, God says to Moses, Moses, um, no man can see my face and live, but because of your persistence, and, and that's not a direct quote, but because of Moses' persistence, and Moses saying the fact that he wasn't going to leave that mountain and go back and lead the Israelites on from there in Exodus, that, that, that God said, okay, I'm going to put you in the cleft of this rock and I'll cover your face. I'll let all my glory, all my greatness pass by you. And after I've passed by you, I'll remove my hand and you can see the back of my robe. And so that happened. And Moses saw 
the glory of God. Moses saw the greatness of God and it's what he needed to go on and lead the people of Israel. And I wonder for you and for me today, maybe you're not living in the glory of God because you haven't seen His greatness lately. Maybe it's hard for you to grasp that we're called to be a church that everything we do is for the glory of God because you haven't, you haven't experienced that lately. Um, I remember sitting in the Bahamas. Uh, we had a, on, on the last night, we had like a prayer meeting, a testimony time before we left. And, and the glory of God just overtook that. It didn't have to be, it wasn't a Sunday morning, it was a Wednesday night. And, and we were sitting around a, 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 a white table, not a dining room table or anything like that. There was nothing overly, there was nothing reverent about the moment other than the presence of God. We're in an unfinished house. The lighting was by generator. There was nothing overwhelming that led us into this moment, but the presence of God was there, and we experienced God in that moment. As we got to, as we got to share with one of the, of the folks there just, some, just, just some, some things that I believe were from God in his life. It was an awesome moment. And I thought as I walked back into my room and went to bed that night, I thought to myself, we experienced the glory of God in that moment. Church, listen. Some of you in this time of, again, being still and knowing that He's God, can like Moses, stand on the mountain and say, okay, God, I'm not leaving this moment until I see Your glory. Paul prayed for this depth. He prayed for this strength. He prayed for this peace. He prayed for this comprehension and this maturity. He prayed for this fullness. And God, I'm not walking in that right now, but God, I need to experience You. Show me Your glory. Some of you right now need to pray that prayer. God, I want to glorify You. I want to bring glory to your name. Show me your glory. So I want to pray for you in just a minute. We're going to sing another song. But lastly, that is our heartbeat as a church. That everything we do and every step we take bring glory to Him. We've had leadership meetings lately about our future and where we're going. One of the things that we constantly say is we don't want to get out ahead of God. We don't want to get out to the side. We want to be right in the dust of Him. Right behind Him. Right behind Him. And so as you pray that for yourself, that you want to see God's glory in your life, I ask that you pray it for some at church. That we would walk in His strength, in His comprehension, in His depth, in His fullness, that we would experience the glory of God. Will you pray with me? And so God, today, on this Sunday morning when things are different, things don't always feel peaceful, 
And God, no doubt, many of us are just going through waves where we feel at peace and where we feel not at peace. God, I pray for Your fullness. I pray that we as individuals that are hearing this all over, God, that we would, 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 would experience Your glory. God, we're standing on the mountain and we're not moving from this place until You show us Your glory, until You show us Your greatness. And God, as Summit Church, we're standing on this mountain and, and we've got this vision that we believe is from You, but we're not leaving this place until You show us Your glory, until we know that Your goodness, that Your greatness is going ahead of us. Show us Your glory. God, that everything we are, everything we do, is for Your glory. It's for Your name. It's for the advance of Your kingdom. And so God, I thank You. God, I thank You. We have so much to be grateful for. We have so much to be thankful for. And God, I, I pray that in this time, we would embrace the opportunity to go deeper. That we'd embrace the opportunity to be strengthened, that we would embrace the opportunity to comprehend a deeper level of you, and that we would embrace the opportunity to experience your fullness. And so I pray for everyone watching this, that they would see your greatness, that they would experience your glory in a new, fresh, and real way today. God, that's my prayer for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys.